thank you, Lord, that you are building our faith, Lord God. We can see it and we can experience it as a church. And I pray, Lord, that through what we share today, Lord Jesus, that we will get a better understanding of who you are, Lord God. That through what we share today, Lord Jesus, we will come closer to you, that we will come closer to the Father, that we will come closer to Holy Spirit. I thank you for your word today, Lord God. I thank you for the honor that we have to share your word and to indulge in your word and, and to, yes, Lord God, and just experience you through your word. And I pray, Lord, for our hearts this morning, that our hearts will be open to what you want to share this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, today is a good day. Um, I, I believe it's a really amazing day to be alive. You know, last week we shared about, um, I'm not sure if, who of you guys were here last week and or if you've um, listened to it on, on um, the podcast, but I talked about the morning of the third day. It was more like a, 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 a prophetic message about this, this season where we are in at, at this stage in time. Um, you know, 3,000 years from, from when, 2,000 years from when Jesus was resurrected, and now we are stepping into that, the morning of the third day, and what all of that entails. And there's actually so much we can, we can still speak about that, and um, about that whole, um, the, the prophetic what that all means about the third day, the seventh day, and 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 I actually wanted to, to, to do that still today, but when I prayed about what I'm about to share this the morning, the Lord said, "Salvation, Salva, salvation. Why? Because what He did for us on the cross, what He did for us on the third day, what He did for us in the morning of the third day through His death and resurrection, one of the biggest things he has for us is a salvation. And it's, it's um, something that we, a word that we know, we hear a lot, we have a good understanding of, of what it means, but I believe there's, there's more that the Lord wants to share about what that means and he, he wants us to, to, to understand it that much today that it's also um, e easy for us to share with others. And I also uh, believe there's, there's, there's quite a few things that we, we, we do not always understand about what salvation truly is. There's, there's much more than just the word and eternal life. And I hope, and, and, and I hope through today we can, um, we can, we can get a better understanding of that. So, salvation. When we have a, 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 a solid um, 
relationship with Jesus, when we have a solid understanding of his word, and when we have a solid understanding of, but not just, but also have a solid um, salvation in Christ, there's, there's so much more that can happen in the life of believers. There's so much more of his kingdom that opens up in the life of believers. It's like, um, how can I put this? It's like a, a portal. Salvation is like a, a portal into the, the, the kingdom. So when we get saved, when we accept the Lord as our Lord and Savior, it's like we step into his kingdom. We've got access to everything in his kingdom. And that's something I want to speak about today. So, you know, when we are saved, like I wrote here, that then we can fearlessly chase after the kingdom of God, after the things of God, after God, because we are his his children. Amen? Amen. Make sense? Okay. So, I'll first and begin with what salvation is not. Because why? You know, there's many of us that, that feel, you know, what it, it's, a, it's something, like I've been a Christian all my life and I know I'm everything about salvation. And it's a good thing, but there's many people that do not understand fully what it means. So, so, it, so even if it's for us old news, it's new for someone else and it helps for us to, to, to understand it so that we can explain it to, to someone in a way that they can understand it and help them also step into the kingdom of God. Amen? So I'm just gonna name five things. First, what salvation is not. There's lots of things. But um, these are sort of the five the main things that we pick up by speaking with people um, it's, it's quite interesting, the, the diverse beliefs that's out there, even among the believer in the community. So, number one is a big one. I'll begin with a big one. Salvation is not baptism. Baptism is not salvation. Being baptized in the water or being sprinkled with water as a baby, christening, that does not bring salvation. That does not mean you are saved. It doesn't mean you're a Christian. And that's, that's something that there's actually quite a few people that believe that, that once they have been christened, once they have been baptized, that yes, now I am going to heaven. Now I'm a Christian, now I'm a believer. It is not according to the word. So some people believe, I've, I had a few friends many years ago, they believe that you have to go to Israel and be baptized in the river Jordan, then you are a Christian, then you are a believer, because that's where Jesus got baptized, so I must also get baptized there. So it's, it's, uh, it's all these things, but it's, it's not, there's no evidence of this in scriptures. So 
baptism does not lead to salvation. There's this one story where in 1 Peter 3, where they talk about Noah's Ark. And many believe that he was saved through the, the water and the ark. But he wasn't. The, the, the water and the ark, it was something that set him and his family apart. But what saved him was faith in God and God's grace saved him. Not the water, not the baptism. Make sense? So that's number one. It's normally a big one. You guys are looking okay so far. No one walked out so awesomeness. <laughs> Next one is, and, and that's, this is also something that we, we see, is when you receive communion, the wine and the bread, that does not mean you are saved and you're going to heaven eternally. When you partake of a communion, it doesn't mean you're a Christian, that you're a believer, that you are saved, that you go eternally to heaven. Um, the, the thinking around that is, is when I, in the spirit, partake of a communion, I receive part of Jesus in my life, because I, in the spirit I, sh I share with him now. So he comes into me and makes me whole. And because of that, you know, people think it brings salvation, but it's not. It's not according to the Bible. Um, next one, salvation is not joining a church. So when you fill in a, a membership form and you hand that in, that does not mean you have eternal life with Jesus. Why do I say these things? It, it may sound simple, but that's what's out there. That's what people believe. They believe that when they fill in a form, we are now part of a church, so we are part of the body of Christ, which means I go to heaven. It's not. It's, it's only you're a, a member of the church. You're not, um, you're not in his kingdom yet. So, here's one fact that membership to a church does not guarantee access into heaven or eternal life. You can be a, a, a member of a church but still not saved. Make sense? Still okay? If one is still here, so I'm, I'm happy. Okay, number, that was number three. And number four is, and this is also a big thing, especially in our culture where salvation is not doing good works to earn your way into salvation. Many people believe and thank goodness, it's not in our church, but I believe if someone is a good person, or you know what, oh, that guy, he's a, he's a good old, he, 
he's got a good soul. He's a good man. He helps everyone faithfully. You know, he's, he's just an overall good person. That does not mean if they are good and they do good works that they go to heaven, that they are saved. So, so anything that we do within ourselves to, that, that we feel we must do to earn our way into heaven, that works. And there's no way that you can work your way into heaven. The only way is through believing in Jesus. Amen? So being a great person or a beautiful soul does not bring salvation or eternal life. How do I know that? Can we t t t turn to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9? Because this is something that we, we sometimes miss, but let's see what it says in the Word. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. So it says there in verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. So it's nothing you do, no works that you can do. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it says it in scripture that, for it is by grace that we've been saved through faith, faith in God. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God not by works so that no one can boast. So it's actually something, um, I believe, that the Lord also uses to protect us because when we feel that we can do, we can earn our way into salvation, it's, it's very easy for us to become prideful because we have done all these things like the Pharisees in the street corners praying and like, Who's watching me? You unholy person. You're not gonna get saved. It's super e easy to, to fall into pride and all of those things if we feel that we can, we can work ourselves into heaven. But the Lord wants to protect us. He says, no, no, you can't do anything of yourself. It is a gift from God so that none of us can say, I did it. I earned my way into heaven. Amen? Here's another fact, and I think there's something there on the screen for that. The, the Bible is very clear that Jesus already paid all the sin debt in full for every single person. So last week we had um, um, Good Friday when Jesus was crucified. So when he got crucified, he took the sin, the debt of sin of all humanity from the beginning of time until the end, he took on himself so that we can be saved, right? So if he did that already, why, why would we want to take that away from him and let, let us see what we can do to get into heaven? Because if, if we follow that train of we can earn our way into heaven, we actually say, Jesus, it was a, it was a, a nice thing that you did on the cr cr 
cross, but uh, it's worthless because I can do it on my own. So you actually take away what he did for us on the cross. Make sense? So works is a very sneaky thing that, that the enemy tries to, to use for us so that we take away from what Jesus did on the cross. Make sense? Okay. So, yes, there is no allowance or acceptance of our so-called good works before God Almighty. Here's an, another a big one. Salvation is not believing that there is a God and there is a Jesus. So salvation is not believing that there's a God and there's a Jesus. What do you mean? Well, the easy answer is, if you, if you look at the enemy, you know the guy with the tail and the fork and these little communions, the devil and the demons, they believe there's a God and they believe there's Jesus. They are not gonna end up in heaven. It's not about believing that yes, there's a God and yes, there's a Jesus. It comes to, do you have a relationship with God, with Jesus? Because many people and in the spirit world, many believe and know there is a God. Satanists know there is a God and there is Jesus but they have no relationship with him. If there's nothing there, there's no salvation. Make sense? So it's not just believing there's a God and there's a Jesus, it's about having a relationship with God and with Jesus. Amen? Number five, I think there's five. Ooh, six. There's a sixth one. My notes are wrong. <laughs> So, so salvation is not obedience to the church rules and regulations and, and doctrines and also not even biblical principles. So you can do all the things that it says in the word. You can do all the things that we say you must do in church, all the right things. However, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, it's all just rules and regulations. It will not cause you to go to heaven. You will not have eternal life if you only obey rules all the time. Amen? How do I, why do I say that? Let's turn to, to Matthew 7 and we're gonna read verse 22 to 23. Matthew seven twenty-two to twenty-three. Okay. And it says there, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? So they've done everything it says in the word, all these things in the name of Jesus. And then he said, and then I and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's a harsh one. So you can literally, you can prophesy in the name of Jesus. You can do healings in the name of Jesus. You can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. You can do all these right things that it says we have to do in the church, in the Bible. But it says there, in verse 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. So if God doesn't know you, it means there's no relationship with the Father. So it all comes to, is there a relationship with Jesus and with the, the, the Father? Amen? Is it okay this morning? Yes. So that's my, my five points that I've mentioned. Okay. I'm left-handed, so just forget about it. <laughs> I, I can't count. Okay, so what the, the next thing I want to speak about is what salvation is. You know, for um, what did Jesus accomplish for us on the, the cross? Here's another fact. That first and f- foremost, salvation is a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the main important thing. Salvation is a personal relationship with God. But, but again, what is salvation? Like, where did it, where did it come from? So, I'm going to read in my notes because it's, uh, it's a lot of stuff. Jesus accomplished salvation by becoming a man and by suffering for us, and he died for us on the cross. And then raised us up on the third day, raised us up to have new life in him. Okay. So it started when, way back, it started even in eternally, even before creation as we know it, Jesus and his, his, the Father in heaven discussed what they will do because they knew beforehand, God knows, he knew before we were even born, he, he knows who we are and what we are about. So even before the creation of earth, they knew, okay, we will make earth and everything around it, we will make the people and people will sin and all these things will happen. So, so let's already work on a plan of salvation, which is in itself is, um, it's, it's really amazing because Jesus knew what will happen. He knew that we will reject him. The world will reject him. They will crucify him. He knew that he will take the sin or the, wrath of the sin of, of, of everyone on him and still he said, you know what? I will obey my f- Father in heaven. I will be a part of this plan of salvation. I will take the sin on me, 
die for the people, to take away that, that heaviness of the sin, the sin's debt, so that people do not have to have that, so that we give them the choice to choose Jesus, to choose salvation, to choose eternal life with the Father. And I think that's pretty, pretty cool. That's, I think that's love right there. Even before the creation, they, they had a plan for our salvation. Amen? And, and also, if, if you look at his earthly ministry of Jesus, we can see there what was his plan of salvation. You know, his whole lifestyle testified of what he's about to do. He's signs, wonders, miracles, um, and even, um, like if you look at his life, that everything he did was prophesied many years ago. So his life was a fulfillment of, of prophecies which, which said, yes, he had a plan for us, for our salvation. So his whole life sort of showed that he loves us and he has a plan for us and he wants us to be saved. Um, and that's also, it says that in Mark 16 that all who, be, who not believe in him will be saved. Why do we need salvation? So we know what it is not. We know where it is from. But why do we need it? We believe that all human beings came from two people, from Adam and Eve. They were created way back in the day from dust, okay? So, so we all got that one. So it was a male and a female, Adam and Eve, created from dust, and they had no knowledge yet of anything wrong, no knowledge of good and evil, because remember when they were made they were made in the image of God and they haven't had of the tree of knowledge of good and evil yet so they, they didn't know right and wrong yet but they were made perfectly and they walked every day with God until that one day when they sinned when they chose to sin and they plunged all of us all humanity and creation into sin. Because of that, all of us are constantly born into sin. So we are born a sinner. Amen? Make sense? Okay. So, because they sinned and all creation fell into sin, we are part of that. So we are born as sinners. But when we accept the Lord Jesus into our lives, his Holy Spirit comes and lives within our lives and he begins to, how can I put it, to regenerate our lives, he, he begin to, to, to make us new, to make us whole again, to 
begin to change us in the way that God originally intended for us um, to be. So, yes, so um, when we, again, why do we need that then salvation? So when we choose to live in sin, we choose to live separated from God. If we separate it from God, the scripture says we will not have eternal life. We will end up in internal hell and damnation. So when we receive it, the big thing is we become free of so many things. Number one is we become free of the penalty of sin because Christ already paid that for us on the cross. We do not have to sit with it every day anymore. But for some reason, we, we like to hold on to that stuff. It says Christ paid it all. We do not have to sit with that guilt anymore. We do not have to sit with that that, we, that um, if you're not saved, that you will end up in, it, eternally in the lake of the, the, the fire. You, you do not have to have that anymore. Why do we need a salvation? Because then we become free from hopelessness. There's so many people and Christians walking every day, but they feel hopeless. Hopelessness leads to what? Depression, suicide, addictions. Free from living in bondages. Another big one that I've seen as well a lot is that you live a life free from regret. That's why we need salvation. It frees you from living a life of regret, amen? So it's not easy to be a to to be a Christian and to be a believer. You know, there will be some times where you struggle, where you you stumble, but but it's okay. It's all worth it in the end. If we persevere in our faith, if we stay strong, the rewards in the end by eternally living with God is so much more than just those quick fixes here on earth. Amen? How do I receive salvation? How do I receive salvation? That's my next point. So, the big thing is that's gonna start this whole thing is, the big thing is it starts with repentance. It starts with uh, um, repentance. And what is repentance? Um, she talked about, uh, Marissa said this, she read this this week somewhere, and it was actually amazing. Repentance means, say for instance, this is sin. Repentance means that it, it's, it's sort of twofold. It means that you turn away from sin and, number two, turn towards God. Because why? What we've seen is, is when we, we talk with some people is they repent, but only halfway. So they turn away from sin, 
temporarily because they do not turn towards God. It doesn't help when you repent, but you only repent halfway. You have to turn away from the sin and turn towards God. Make sense? Okay, so how to receive salvation is, number one is you turn away from sin and turn towards God. Um, I've had a time in my life where I, I did this. Jere, vergewe my, vergewe my. Happiness, Jabalala, back where I was. It's, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it, the 360 thing, it doesn't work when it comes to salvation, okay? It's, it's a 180 degree. Turn towards God, not 360 towards your sin again. Amen. Um, and the other thing is then, then you must be born again. And I'm gonna speak a little bit about that as well and then we will, we'll end with that. If we turn to John 3, verse 1 to 7. So I hope this is, this is a, a helpful. I know this is something that we all know, but it, it, it's good to know a little bit more, just a bit more in depth um, and to understand it a bit more and also see in your own life where you are with salvation. John 3, verse 1 to 7. I'm also going to read that from the New King James Version. Okay, and it says the following. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he, he recognized who Jesus truly were. And verse three, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh and that which is born of the spirit, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God, to enter his gates. So being born again, it gives us that, that, um, that open relationship with God. It gives us eternal life. His Holy Spirit comes and lives within us because why? God knows that now when we are believers in Him, life is not gonna get easier. Actually, it will get harder, but now with Him within us, His Holy Spirit, 
He will show us the way. He, he will illuminate the way, way we should work. He will help us. He will counsel us when we struggle or when we hurt. He will guide us in truth. He will guide us in truth. The scriptures, Jesus is the truth. So he will lead us along the way that Jesus wants us to go. Um, and when we understand that fully, when we truly have a, a, a hold of that, of what Jesus really did for us on the cross, we, we cannot but turn to him. Like we, we can't do anything else but turn to him. When we understand that, then we want to turn to him. But when it's not fully there yet, we're still gonna hold on to this. It's not magic words that get you into heaven. You know, we, we sometimes say it here and you've, you might have seen this on the internet as well, where you say, okay, people say after me, Mark, you would to say after me, Jesus, I'm a sinner, blah, 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 the whole thing, and in the end, yay, now you're a child of God. If you only speak with your mouth, but you do not truly believe it in your heart, it means nothing. Then there is no salvation. You can't manipulate God and the spiritual word with your words, because if you do that, if you believe that you can only say a few words and you are saved, we call it spiritual witchcraft, because you try to change the spirit world and your spirit with a few words. So it must come from your heart. You must believe that it, within yourself, who Jesus is and what he came to do for, you, um, for us, you must truly believe that in your heart. Then you confess with your mouth out loud. Then you know it's, it's true. Now you are saved. Amen. Amen. So that's, a, that's actually a, a big thing. I know we, and I'm going to, after this, I'm going to ask you to, to pray after me. <laughs> but now that you know what it all means, and, and if you feel that's a prayer you need to pray, pray that prayer with understanding, not with, no, pray it with understanding that this is who he is, this is what he did for me on the, the cross, this is what it means. So pray with understanding, amen? You with me still? Okay. I pray that the chickens stay safe in the oven, Jesus. It's all good. Um, so when we are saved, you know, it says in the word in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we, we become a new creation. So the Lord comes, he takes us, he takes our spirit and he completely, completely transforms it into something brand new. It says that all things are gone. All things are made new. So when we have him within us, truly, so we, we should inspect ourselves. When we have 
Jesus in us truly, we will have a desire for more of him. If not, then we still have a desire for the, the things of the world. We want to keep holding on to it. We want to keep doing those things. We, 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 we don't have a des des desire to do what he wants us to do. We want all of that. That's a, a, a sign that you might have to, to rethink of where you stand with Jesus because he makes us new. A new heart, a new mind, a new spirit, so a new desire for him as well. Amen? And it's interesting, it, it's, it says in, um, I, I wrote here that it's interesting when you get saved, when you are a believer in Christ, that somehow you can do everything that he asks of you. Why do I say that? It says in 1 John, in John 1, it says that, John 1 verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So there's an empowerment that comes within you when you are a believer, and then you can start to do the things that God wants you to do. Amen. So, how do we, how do we receive salvation? And I've actually said that already, from believing in your heart and then from confessing with your mouth. And what does that look like? And I feel I also I need to expl explain this. Um, number one is, is, if you are not there yet, then just acknowledge that, yes, I'm not there yet. Acknowledge I am I'm, I'm a sinner. Like it says in Romans that, that all have sinned and came short of the, 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 the glory of, of God. So all of us are sinners. Acknowledge that. And number two is acknowledge that your sin leads you away from Jesus. It leads you away from eternal life and it leads you to the lake of fire. It is what it is. It says that in the Bible. Number three is, is know and believe who Jesus is. So that's a, a good one to know who he is and what he did for you on the cross. Number four, know and believe that he was risen from the dead. Because if, if you don't know that, if you don't believe that, if you don't understand that, it takes away so much of your Christian faith. It takes away so much of, of what we stand on as believers in Christ. So that's something in your heart that you must believe in faith. And I'm number five, and I think that's sort of the, the, the biggest one is know his love for you. It's some, again, it's something that we speak about and we say, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, the Father loves me. But, 
but something I always ask is, does that belief show, it, show up in your life? Do, 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 um, do we live a, 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 a life that when people look at us and they see God loves that guy, or that, that woman, not that girl, that woman. God loves that person because we live a life where we see he loves us. And then we ask God, God, forgive us our sins. Forgive me my sins. Take me into your family. And he does. Then we believe by faith that now we stepped from here and now we stepped into his kingdom because we are children of God. Make sense? Let's read, let's quickly turn to, and I'm nearly done, let's turn to, to Romans 10 verse 10 to 11. Romans 10 verse 10 to 11. And then this will also make more sense. And it says there, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So verse 10, with the heart. So it comes again to that understanding who he really is, and not just the understanding, but that this, this desire that comes from your heart that you want to spend more time with him, you want to change your ways to become more like him, that, that the, 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 the feeling within your heart that you want to move away from your old life and want to move towards Jesus. So it's much more of a heart issue than a mouth or a head issue. Make sense? And then you speak this, and it says that you confess. So that word conf conf confess also means not, not this. Silence. It means that you speak out loud. Because why? When you confess something in the spirit or in, in the natural, everyone around you and everything hears this. So then the enemy trembles because now they lost one and the kingdom have one. So you speak it up loud as a step of faith that you say, now I'm a child of God. You say it because you are. And now the enemy also knows, so they have to be careful. Um, so there's something that happens in the spirit world where you out loud declare and ignore knowledge who the Lord is and that now you are his child. Amen. So that's how you receive salvation. Lastly, lastly, what happens, what happens then when you get saved? And it's also a good thing to tell the people and also for yourself what happens when you get saved. The seed of God's light and his life enters your spirit. There's a new 
birth that takes place within you, inside you, in your, your, your spirit. And now you get full access to God and his kingdom, to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember I said that salvation is like a portal where now you step through it. You leave your old behind and now you step through the portal, you step into his kingdom and now you can receive all that he has for you in his kingdom and all the rewards. Well, when you are now saved, you have a direct access to always talk to God. Um, you receive eternal life into the, the kingdom of God. So, and as I said, you have now full access to everything that the, the Father has to offer for you, or all the gifts that the Lord has for you. When a believer first accepts Christ, the Holy Spirit of God enters into the person and starts speaking to them. So now that you have received salvation, the Spirit of God comes and lives within you. And now you can, can begin to hear voices, but the right kind of voices. Amen. So now... Now the, um, the, uh, uh, um, the Holy Spirit within you begin to speak to you. He begins to nudge you away. He begins to convict you, not, um, what's the other word? Not condemn you. He begins to convict you and say, hey, don't do that. Rather, go that side. This, this is more in line with, with the Lord. He begins to uh, lovingly help you to move in the, the direction that the Lord wants you to do, um, to go. You, you might begin, some people might see, when they get saved, they might see pictures or scripture or a vision. So the Lord speaks to different people in different ways. Um, he sometimes speaks in, a, in, a, like in an audible voice. Some people can f just feel the pr presence of, Lord, uh, of, of the Lord um, on them. It says in Ezekiel, and you can also put that up, guys, in Ezekiel 36, it says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I actually love this because if, if you guys can remember, I talked last week, that also now we are stepping into the morning of the third day. What did Jesus do in the morning of the third day after his crucifixion? For, for, for the ones that was here, he, the stone was rolled away from the grave and he walked out. Now just think where we are now and for, and, and for a new believer, that stone heart will be removed and it will be replaced with the heart of flesh. And it says that his spirit will come within us and teach us to walk his ways. So on the third day, Jesus walked out of his grave. The word walked out of the grave. Revelation walked out of the grave. Now he is within you 
as a new believer, he, be, he, he begins to step out from the hardened heart. He steps out into your life and he now begins to teach you to walk his ways. Make sense? There's something amazing what, um, that happens when you get saved. Lastly, that's my last scripture in Philippians 1 verse 6. <clears throat> Philippians 1 verse 6. And it says that being confident in, um, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe that that scripture is a sign that we are assured that when, when we get saved, when we accept Jesus in our lives, no matter what happens, no matter, no matter our circumstances in life, um, no matter how we feel or what happens to us, in the end, it says there, he has begun good works within you and he will complete it. And I think that's a, 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 a promise we should, not, we should not sort of put behind us because we see it, we experience it, we see it in so many people's lives. When God starts to do something good in your life, which starts as the day of your salvation, he's gonna go all the way. Amen, because that's the God we serve. Amen. Let's have our eyes closed. <clears throat> Close our eyes, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we heard, we heard a, lot, a lot today. It, there might have been things that we already know. It, it, there might have been something new. But it's a word that the Lord had for everyone here today for whatever reason. Some already ex accepted Him as their Lord and Savior. Some not. Some people might be unsure if they had or not. But something that we must know is that our faith, the Christian faith, is a, 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 a decision-based faith. You can't just come and, and float into Christianity and eternal life. It's a conscience, heart, a decision. heart a decision and the Lord wants us all to accept him and to have eternal life with him his heart is that no one should perish for us it's 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 like the Peter it's like a, a, a matter of stepping out of the boat 
is once you stepped out of the boat, once you've accepted God, it comes down to a commitment. Like now it's you and Jesus. And you leave your old life behind. So you commit to leaving your old life behind. And salvation is only a first step into, into his kingdom. What the Lord wants to do is he wants to hold your hand and he wants to walk with you every day and show you his kingdom. There's so much he wants to share with you, like a dad wants to share with his child. There's so much he wants to show you of his kingdom. He wants to show you what he has for you, what is your inheritance. And I think that's something that we can't even understand now what he has for for each of us. So the the question is, will we accept him as our Lord and Savior? And I just want everyone now to, to, to in their spirit, just to, to pray, go with me. And to pray that the Lord will reveal to people here that if you feel that you haven't made that decision yet that today is the day God is calling you home today and also for the people that might feel unsure if you feel unsure today is the day that you can be sure you have eternal salvation and eternal life with Him. So I just want us all to pray in our spirit. And then I'll ask, I'll ask the, um, you to, to all pray with me out loud. I'm not going to ask you to, to stand up or to raise your hand. But if you feel that this is, this is the, the day for you that you're going to ch- ch- change your life, I want you to, to pray to, with me. But pray with conviction. Pray from, from your heart, not just your mouth. Pray from your heart. Pray that the Lord will forgive your sins and that he will accept you in his kingdom. prayer and you can just repeat after me from your heart Lord God I believe that Jesus is your son I believe that he, he died on the cross and that he was resurrected on the third day I believe Jesus is the only Savior of the world. I believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father in heaven. And Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I want your forgiveness. 
Lord, I need your forgiveness. Come, Holy Spirit. I accept your death on the cross as a penalty for my sin. And I understand that your kindness and your grace and your eternal life and your salvation are gifts you extend to me because you love me. Not because of anything I've done. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will make me your child, that you will cleanse me from my sins. I now receive you into my heart as the Son of God, as the Savior and Lord of my life. I receive you through faith. Help me in living for you. Take control of my life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I'm just going to end in prayer for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I, th- I th- thank you, Lord God, for everyone that prayed this prayer this morning, Lord Jesus. For the people that was unsure, that for someone that felt they never gave their life to, um, to you, but they did this in the morning. I thank you, Lord God, for that. I thank you, Lord, that we know that for each person that, that gives their heart to you, Lord God, that the angels in heaven rejoice because of everyone that turns to Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that your, your kingdom expands with every new believer that comes to you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for new people now that's a part of your your family. I thank you that we are all now part, Lord God, of a bigger family, that we are adopted into your kingdom, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we can all, Lord God, partake of, of all the of all that you have for us in your kingdom. I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this amazing day, Lord God. And I, I pray, Lord, that it doesn't stop here, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that we will all have the strength to work out our salvation, Lord Jesus. I pray for a strengthening of the faith, Lord God. I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you will give us the strength and the guidance to live out our salvation, Lord Jesus. And when we struggle, Lord God, that we know that we are in a family of believers, that when we look to our left and our right, there's someone there to walk with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. And I I pray, Lord, that as we walk out here today, that we take hold of what you you said to us, Lord God, that it's not words that 
fall on dead soil. But that we take this word and that we take this new understanding, Lord, and that we share it with other people that we know still haven't received you as their Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray for the salvation of of, of the families, Lord God, of people at our workplace. I pray, Lord, and Holy Spirit, that you put into our minds the face or a name of a person that needs to hear this, that needs to understand who you are, that needs to understand what you did for them on the cross. Yes, Lord God, I pray for opportunities to share your word, to share your good news, Lord God, because you are a good God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, and I pray that you will bless this day, that you will bless this church, that you will bless everyone here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.